Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 62, 30 Days of Lost Girl, part 1. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. This episode is part of our 30 Days of Lost Girl series in which we are answering a bunch of questions about Lost Girl. To see all of the questions in the meme, as well as get links to our episodes in which we answer those questions, go to drinksatthedoll.com slash 30days2014. Just as a warning, our answers may contain spoilers for up through season four. Okay, so for day one, the question is, what is our favorite season of Lost Girl? Chris, why don't you go first? Oh, uh, I think probably season two, because there's a lot of variety of episodes, you know, stylistically. And I feel like the show really kind of hit its stride in season two. And, you know, as a bonus, there are an extra nine episodes more than any other season. Yeah, I agree. Season two, I think, is my favorite as well. And people might get tired of me making Buffy comparisons, but I feel like the show is kind of at its buffiest in season two, which I really like, where it's all like high stakes and tough decisions, but there's also still a lot of humor to the series still. It hasn't gotten too dark and dour or anything yet. And yeah, I, and I think the fact that there are an extra nine episodes, some of that may not be the best. There is some filler in the middle, middle but it is nice that we get more, more content in the second season. So how about you, Annie? What is your favorite season? Honestly, I don't have a favorite season. It's all the docubus moments. That's honestly what comes to mind. I'm I'm not just being typical Annie. Um, I can pick favorite seasons for a lot of my other shows, like Xena or Farscape. But I was just like, I can't pick one. But but I am making step, you pick a season. Make, and then you're like, well, what if you? Because we went down all our episode lists of what we liked from each season. And Stephanie, you're like, how about season three? I'm all fine. Season three. And um, even if the Wanderer and the Taft stories weren't my favorite, uh, I love it because Bo and Lauren attempt a real relationship, even if they have all the divides between them of being fae versus human and all their communication issues. And it's the first season I watched in real time. How I came into Lost Girl was that I had a friend tell me to watch it for a year and then was sick with the flu, binge-watched season one and two in about a week and a half. And then that was right when season three started. So I was really excited to see the whole thing unfold. So that's why it, it's the beginning of my Lost Girl obsession slash passion slash craziness. So that's why it's um, sentimental to me and it holds a special place in my heart. So that's why I like season three. Yeah, I, I because we've been talking about some of our favorite episodes to discuss more in depth, We made a, I, asked, I asked Chris and Annie to make a list of episodes that they would like to talk about. And Annie, you put like five from season three. You put maybe okay. one. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> from seasons one and two. So season three is your favorite, if if just okay. by favorite episodes alone. That's that's, that's a good more way than to a pick. third of the season, Annie. Yeah. Well, I I'm a I'm a verbal person and you know, or I talk a lot, so you know, about Lost Girl. So I just picked a lot of picked a lot of episodes. What? <laughs> I just picked a lot of episodes because I just... Yes, but specifically from that season yes, is, what, is what I'm saying. What Stephanie is well, saying. Well, I guess unconsciously then I realized season three was my favorite. Yeah. Which I'm glad it is because it's my least favorite season. So I'm glad it's somebody's favorite season. Season four is my least favorite, but that's another story. 
How about you, Chris? What do you think of season three? I like season three. I've got no problems with it. <laughs> Document sex. <laughs> my, my attempt I think at my the, reasoning is slightly different than Annie's, but... Um, it's my attempt at the Ash voice. Or the Batman voice, but that's oh, about that it. The, Annie, oh. that was your voice. <laughs> oh, that's my voice. Thank you. That's my pervy voice. <laughs> do the Batman Ash voice again, Annie. No, I can't. It was totally impulsive. <laughs> we did get... What was the... Uh, oh, there was a request on, on Twitter that I do... Annie's docubus squee in the Ash voice. <laughs> and I'm not sure such a thing is possible. I don't know. And then is somehow, there... somehow that turned into a request that I do, I think, that in a Ukrainian accent in honor of Helena <laughs> from Orphan Black. What? <laughs> and I know that's really not possible, so I'm not even going to try that one. But uh, I think the Annie squee in the Batman Ash voice would sound something like, um, squee. <laughs> so there you go listeners hopefully that was as entertaining for you as it is for me and annie i'm very sorry everyone very very sorry hey everyone it's kevin batchelder from the tuning into sci-fi tv family of podcasts Uh, my thoughts on favorite lost girl season wow this is a tough one what I'm going to go back to is what I do oftentimes with shows. For me, it's the emotional impact. And for me, it was very much that discovery of the show. So I'm going to go with season one, not so much because it had the best storylines or the best acting or really uh, anything in that regard, other than just thinking back to falling in love with this show and these characters. And obviously, you know, m- happened for many of us uh, early in season one. I still recall seeing them as they aired live. Uh, back at that time. So for me, I'm going to go with season one just because of its emotional ties for what it meant to getting uh, introduced to these characters and to the universe and to the fandom. Thanks for doing the podcasts. Take care. Okay, so we're on day two. And the question for today is which what is our favorite female character? And I think I'm going to start with Annie. Because I think everybody listening probably already knows the answer. <laughs> Tamsin? <laughs> no, Annie does like Tamsin. I do like but... Tamsin, but my favorite um, is Lauren. And it's because she's got incredible strength through everything that Faye and her life have thrown at her. But it's a very quiet, unassuming strength because she had she needed it to hang on through the five years before she even met Bo. And just keep it all together. So she's a survivor because of that. You know, genius with gazillion IQ. And, you know, a lover. I know, Stephanie, you're not a fan of that word. but it's so to me, I'm like sounding. Whatever. <laughs> to me, it just means document sex. Um, and <laughs> What doesn't mean document sex to you, Annie? <laughs> hey, man, I like to use the word lover in my fan fiction. I'm sorry. I actually... I- I don't mind it as much when it's like, I'm a something lover. That isn't as sleazy sounding to me. But when somebody is just described as a lover, I find that kind of sleazy. Are you like Liz Lemon? The only time you find the word lover acceptable is when it's between the words meat and pizza? Well, <laughs> for me, in my case, between cheese and pizza, yes. No, I know. <laughs> and and she's so she's very multifaceted, even if it's through what appears to be a very quiet, very intelligent facade. 
Uh, well, it's more than a facade. But And she's transformed from this season one. She was kind of meek and just obedient. I don't want to go outside the rules of the Fae. You know, brilliant doctor. To season four, where she's this woman. She's learned how to reclaim her power in a human in the Fae world. You know, she's still like, well, screw you guys. I'm going to use my brains and my brilliance. And, oh, sorry, Ebony, I just took your fae powers away. I can do that to anybody. You know, they want me, let them try. So to see this transformation is really incredible to me. How about you, Chris? Also, not surprisingly, I have to go with Bo, right? And side note, Annie, all that stuff, it's because Bo gave her the freedom to love. (laughs) And she does. (laughs) (laughs) There's my regular squeal. (laughs) But yeah, I like that Bo is a character who's like really trying to figure stuff out. She's not perfect by any means, but, you know, I I feel like she's trying and she's compassionate and she genuinely wants to help people. And as I often rant about, there just aren't enough characters like that in popular fiction and it bums me out. So I'm glad that Bo is like that. I like that she walks around with a knife in a holster on her thigh like it's no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) This was a really tough question to answer. Probably one of the the toughest for me to pick a a favorite. But I had to go with Bo as well. And for all the reasons Chris just said, she's not perfect. But I feel like she is really trying to figure things out. She's on this journey. I love how idealistic she is. I love that she bucks the system is is opposed to binaries, all of that stuff I really love about Bo. But I think I should go ahead and say that we have such a wealth of of female characters on this show. I just feel so fortunate whenever I watch because I feel like they're all really strong female characters, but they're strong in different ways. They're not all the same cookie cutter version of, hey, this is a strong female character. You know what I mean? And I just, I feel so fortunate that there are so many great female characters on this show. Well, that's what I was going to say, is that it's really great that you had a hard time choosing. How many other shows can say that? You know, you have the predecessors like Buffy and uh, Xena, things like that, that gave, you know, influence to shows like this. That it's really wonderful that the television landscape is like this now, where we're like, oh, I can't choose a female character. I have a hard time because there's so many. Yeah, Canada's really doing excellently with the variety of female characters in the casts. Canada especially. Canada especially. I feel like they've really come out recently with a lot of really strong shows with female leads, and it's it's really fantastic. And and not just leads, but like several characters. Right, like right. At least half the cast. Right. That's a good point. It's not just a lead character and then everybody else is, is guides. It's true. And But yeah, I just think Lost Girl... They have so many just great female characters, but they're all a little bit different. You know, I think I feel like Lauren is a character we often don't get a whole lot who's very strong, not because of her physical fighting abilities or things like that, but because of her intelligence. And then we have Kenzie, who's just so street smart and funny and yet, you know, really vulnerable and layered. And there's just so many wonderful women on the show. And, you know, Tamsin also and and the Morrigan. There's just so many great female characters on Lost Girl. Absolutely. I have this song going in my head now, since you mentioned Canada's doing such a great job of women in television. It's like, blame Canada, blame Canada. I can't believe I just sang that. But, you know, it's going in my head that we're going to blame Canada for everything great, you know, in television. So I thought you were going to go with the uh, wannabe Canadian 
please. I know. The Canadian, please. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that's my other choice. So, Hi, Chris, Annie, and Stephanie. This is Stephanie's friend, Elizabeth. I wanted to talk to you about Day 2, my favorite female character. First, I love how many female characters there are to choose from on Lost Girl, but I have to represent the Morgan, Ebony. I love how powerful and haughty she is. I delight, really, in seeing her be mean and chilling, and then turn around and be completely goofy, uh, like when she's breakdancing or uh, recently figuring out her really weird new human body. Uh, I like that her power is partially from her fae power, which is pretty chilling, um, but also just from the way that she carries herself. I love those memes about her female leadership and how tough it is being a woman in power, but how she definitely enjoys it. Uh, I like how she sets up conflicts for our characters to make sure they're always on their toes. And I really can't wait to see where she goes next season with the whole being human, conflict with Lauren, conflict, satin sheets with Lauren. Anyway, I'm really excited about it, and thanks for doing this 30 days. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. Uh, favorite Lost Girl female character? I bet several of you, just hearing my voice, already know this answer, and for me it is very much, without a doubt, Kenzie. Uh, I know this is Bo's show and Bo's world, <laughs> but uh, I absolutely love that character. And uh, as we all know, as with many TV shows, too, all of the uh, actors are very uh, attractive people. That's the nature of TV, and it certainly holds true for Lost Girl. And it isn't so much a physical attraction. I just really, the Kenzie character very much to me uh, has come to be like a little sister, you know, someone I totally want to protect absolutely love and want to see all the best things happen to and uh is just she is just so much fun on screen and for the interaction she does with all the other characters on the show so without a doubt there it's kenzie for me hope you all take care so on to day three who is our favorite male character and i guess i'll go i'll go first here and this one, another one, difficult to choose because I just, I love all the characters on Lost Girl so much, but I had to go with Hale, which actually ended up surprising me because I've mentioned before when Hale was first introduced, he was kind of a stereotype. He wasn't a very fleshed out character, but really in season two, which is maybe another reason why I think season two is a great season, I thought he got such a great storyline and it really fleshed him out as a truly interesting character. And I really loved the fact that he was kind of this resistant to the old way of doing things and wanting to forge a new relationship between fey and humans type of guy. So I'm sad that he's probably he's probably gone now. I will miss Hale. So how about you, Annie? Who is your favorite male character? Shocker for some people. Uh, it's Dyson. Because even though he's got a tendency to still rush into situations headfirst without thinking... And to do the old trope of, oh, I must protect Bo. I must protect everybody. And that can be some kind of irritating. He has a really good, you know, he always has good intentions. So he's rushing into situations at first because I think he's a natural protector. And, you know, he has a really good pure heart, even though it doesn't always come out the way he intends it to. Or the situation it doesn't always come out the way he intends it to. 
and he's very loyal, very noble. And I, what I, one of the aspects I love the most about the last few seasons is how his relationships with the humans have continued to develop. His relationship with Kenzie and that friendship, and how his relationship with Lauren has blossomed into this mutual understanding. So, you know, he's just a good guy under all the gruff, ex, you know, brutuitous, as Chris says, exterior. And I like that, that heart that Dyson has. How about you, Chris? Who's your favorite? I also went with Dyson. And I also had a really hard time deciding because I I almost went with Hale, too. But I wasn't surprised that Stephanie went with Hale. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think Dyson almost always means well, even though he does some really, really dumb things, which, let's be honest, is true of pretty much all the characters on the show. Right, it's true. Yeah. And as we've talked about before, there's a lot of actually mirroring Dyson with Bo in that regard. There's a lot of, as Annie was talking about, you know, rushing in to help somebody without really thinking it through all the way, (laughs) which sort of ends up just making things worse. But, you know, that makes for good TV drama, I suppose. So, but yeah, and I, I also, as Annie mentioned, love the friendships that he's formed with the characters over the course of the show. You know, they introduce him. He's already close with Trick and, and Hale, And we sort of get to see the progression of his relationships with Kenzie and Lauren especially. And I think it's especially interesting, the relationship progression with Lauren, since they knew each other prior to the show starting. So we kind of see that shift in their relationship in this past season, especially. Yeah, it's a good point. But yeah, I like that he's friends with everybody. Yeah, Yeah, Dyson probably would be my, my second pick as well. And I think a lot of that is is colored by how much I love Chris Holden Reed. He just seems like a super nice guy. And there is that yeah, too, yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's so unlike the brutuitousness yeah. of Dyson. In, <laughs> he's really in more real like life. Kenzie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he really is. He really is. Whereas Ksenia is perhaps a bit more like Dyson. She's more reserved and kind of shy. But but yeah, I, I, I agree with you too. He he has a good heart. I don't always like what he does. But you know, all the characters make mistakes, they mess up. And yeah, his friendships with the humans have been great. I've also loved seeing his relationship with Tamsin develop. I think they're a lot of fun. I'm like the one person who's like, yay, Tamsin and Dyson are kind of dating, maybe. Yay. One person, I, love I think. No, I ship it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I ship it. It's fine. I, I love think- them as partners. I'm like, yeah, as lovers, okay. I'm not really, I don't, or excuse me, as romantic <laughs> as relationships. As lover's pizza. <laughs> lover's pizza. <laughs> I, uh, I like, you know, I'm like neutral either way. I don't care. Okay, maybe I do care if it means more docubus, so, yeah. But wait. We- <laughs> <laughs> I care, I care. But we also gotta throw Trick some love, too. I especially love the way that we've seen more of how Trick used to be as Blood King the past couple of seasons. Like, I find Trick really interesting the more they bring out his kind of darker past. And just, again, really great characters on Lost Girl. It was tough to pick a favorite. I do like Trick, though I think I find him too shady to count as my favorite. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, his his uh, shadiness and the dark side that has been revealed more intrigues me and scares me, and I kind of miss that more paternal grandpa side uh, a little bit these days. Hi guys, it's Melina from Melina Pendulum. Just calling to talk about for day three my favorite male character on Lost Girl. And I have to say that it's kind of no contest. It's definitely Hale because Trick is a trickster and we all know how I feel about Dyson and his wolf penis, although it has been getting a little better 
with these past seasons. I think that although Hale started off a little jerky and underdeveloped, that as we've grown to see him, we saw him as someone who really believed in the unity between humans and Faye, and more so than I think we've seen any other major Faye character besides Bo, which I think would have been an interesting thing to show between the two of them. I think his relationship with Kenzie, which was so tragic and is definitely up there in those kind of tragic urban fantasy romances, really showed how much he valued Kenzie as a person, even though he made some mistakes. Um, Especially, I think, the most important thing was when he valued her consent when he had that perfume sprayed on him and chains started going all over him and he decided, no, I don't want to do this because she's not really here. And I think that really showed that Hale was this really noble, sweet character who was willing to die for love. And, I mean, what's more romantic than that? Anyway, thank you guys for doing this. I'm loving listening, and I hope you have a great evening. Bye. Hey, Drinks at the Doll. This is Sally. I'm calling in to tell you about my favorite male character on Lost Girl. It's Vex. He has several great lines in the show, and he's also worn some pretty amazing shoes. I think that Vex speaks the truth, and he often says what people are thinking, but they're too polite to actually say. So he provides a lot of good comic relief, but beyond that, I appreciate that he is a complex character. We have seen and heard about him committing some really terrible and unspeakable acts of cold-blooded, sadistic cruelty. But we've also seen Vex evolve a bit as he got more involved with the Scooby gang. And I think we've seen glimpses of a person who thinks that maybe someday he could dare to dream of being something besides just a loyal servant of the dark. I think that we've also seen him doubting his ability to break free and doubting that he actually has good in him. That makes Vex very interesting to me, this conflict within him and that he possibly has a shot at being redeemed someday. So day four, who is your favorite fae, singular or species? How about how about you, Chris? Who's your favorite type of fae? The Baku, because he heals people with hugs. <laughs> what could possibly be better than healing people with hugs? You make a really good point. Because <laughs> I forgot that was his power. Thank you. You look at him and he seems like he's going to knock your head off, but then he just hugs you. And then, yeah, and Kit's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> and how sweet. I want in on that. And how sweet did he seem? He seemed really sweet. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. The Baku's a good one. How about you, Annie? Who's your favorite? It took me a long time to think of one, so I had to look at the uh, Lost Girl Wikia. But then I was like, oh, a brownie, because I need one. But you know what? <laughs> I actually got one because in recent weeks because it was in the form of my sister because she came <laughs> over to she came over to uh help my family out with the situation and she was cooking and cleaning she reorganized our house hung up all the pictures she's like you need a new bedspread i'm buying you one because i need to color coordinate your room i'm like okay so uh but yeah it was great to have a brownie for a few weeks and now i I like have brownie-tized my uh, house because I the house is more picked up and everything. So yeah, it was great to have brownie for a few weeks in the form of my sister. So I think <laughs> she's part she's part Faye. 
But yeah. <laughs> did she demand cereal as payment? Uh, no, she did not because she hates cereal. But she probably would, you know, wear all kinds of colored bras and stuff because she's into fashion. So <laughs> I, I don't. If I did have a real life brownie in my house, he I don't want him to have my bras and underwear because they're all just plain white and very boring and not Kenzie like. So I don't think uh, he'd want to go through my underwear drawer. But uh, you know, he'd be like, "Oh, this is terrible. This is so boring. I'm buying you new ones." So uh, we're learning a lot about you. Yeah, yeah. It's probably TMI. I apologize. Oh, my no filter thing again. Crap. But yes, a brownie would be great. Wow, you two picked, like, really good ones. And they're far, both from the same episode, even. They're, those are both in Screaming Little Dream. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. And and Mumford was so great. He's one of my favorite guest characters. Mumphy. Mumphy. Yes. I thought that actor was, was hysterical. He was great. And, yeah, he was really great. Delightful. Yeah. But I y'all went, like, more into the depths of the, the world than I did. I had to go with Siren because I focus more on, like, their abilities, and I just think Hale's siren powers are so cool. They're so cool. Healing people with hugs, Stephanie. I know, yeah, but, I, I know okay. but you've mentioned Hale's powers before, so I knew when I saw you I know. put that down. That didn't yeah. surprise me. Well, okay, because think about it, because Hale has used his powers to, like, lure people when they were having a bad mental space day. He's He's used them to, like, knock people out, but not harm them he used it to heal kenzie and he used it to harm massimo really bad guy so i support him in that and so, he can cure hangovers yes and he can cure hangovers <laughs> so marry me i know right <laughs> now nah, you drink too much <laughs> he probably would say that to me too but i don't drink as much as kenzie i don't think anybody does <laughs> <laughs> and i gotta say i really love how the show played with this idea of siren of, you know, just a lady sitting on a rock luring sailors to their deaths. I like that they really play with, with hail siren powers and stretch what they can do. But y'all picked really good ones too. I'm like, oh, I wish I'd thought of the yeah. Baku and but the Brownie. No, I'm glad that you, you picked a character based on the abilities and one of the main characters because it's expanded and we see how his powers are used and how the, what Lost Girl does is that it turns the, you know, mythological creature upside down. And has the siren played by a man and a man of color. So that's great. But yeah, I love Hale. And initially, it's what I thought. I'm like, oh, siren? He can't do much. Yes, he can. Yeah, he can do a lot. He's got very, very useful abilities. So we're on day five. And this today's question is favorite episode of season one. How about you, Annie? Why don't you go first? Um, This was fairly easy for me. There's a few, but... Uh, it was food for thought, um, because it's the first time you see Bo and Lauren team up together and take the case. And I love that Lauren was out of her comfort zone. She, you know, Bo encouraged her. She's like, you know, look, you have to go undercover with me. I need your expertise. And she's like, and, and then she goes and, you know, is a badass and, you know, wipes out those security guards left and right. And uh, so I just love seeing that side of Lauren, how she's almost giddy doing it. And I love seeing the beginning of Dyson and Kenzie's friendship and how it, the whole episode is really fueled by Bo and her love and concern for Kenzie that she'll do anything to find the cure to, um, you know, the nasty foot soup. So, um, and, and that they're already so close, you know, six episodes in. So I, I love, love, love all the friendship and partnership aspects in that episode. 
Yeah, I had to go with food for thought as well, and for a lot of the reasons that Annie mentioned, and I think especially because I feel like this episode we really got to see all of the characters in really different lights. Because even though we, you know, we knew all of these characters, they were more Bo and Kenzie doing stuff over here with Dyson, Lauren's kind of over here, and, but instead we get Bo and Lauren teaming up, we get to see Kenzie and Dyson's friendship emerge, as well as Trick's kind of tender feelings toward Kenzie, and we got some background from him with him making trades with Julian Richmond, I forget his character's name, for, for things that he was wanting to make Cole Karen in and then to help heal Kenzie. So I just feel like it really, this episode really opened up the characters in a new way and we get to see them in different relationship dynamics between the whole group. And the fact that Trick traded such valuable, you know, things for Kenzie's survival really right. was a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So how about you, Chris? What did you pick? I had a really hard time picking one, yeah. but I had to go with Vexed, which we actually covered in, in an entire episode, not too long ago but you know even though it's slightly different in tone from the rest of the series and i like the tone of the rest of the series it's you know this one's darker but it's it's beautifully shot and yay john fawcett yay for that so uh and there are like so many different important plot developments and reveals in that episode it was like a real turning point in a lot of ways so so yeah i like vexed yeah, it was it was tough for me to pick too. I, I my second choice was probably Arachnophobia. I really love that episode as well. I like that one and too. Then, yeah. And then Vex is kind of a third. I like that middle section of the yeah, of the too. first series a whole lot. Like yeah, from Vex, episode Vex five to, to eight, mm -hmm. or maybe like episode four or five to eight. I really like that big that chunk of season one yeah. a whole lot. Me too. This is Stephanie's friend Elizabeth here to tell you about my favorite first season episode. So it's really hard to pick in season one. Uh, there's lots of great episodes um, that do all kinds of different things that I think show Lost Girl at its best. But I'm going to have to go with the episode that I show people second if they're not quite sold on Lost Girl at the beginning. I always take people to the pilot to Vexed. Uh, it's a very sexy episode with a little something for a lot of different people. It's also very colorful, uh, shows really high production quality, which I think really helps. It also shows some great character stuff, some conflicts with both Dyson and Lauren, and also has some fun characters, like there's the vampire who's a little spark, who's not at all sparkly and a little chubby, and then there's Vex, who I think is a great fun character. There's just some great stuff in that episode, but there's nothing wrong with the rest of the season's episode either. Uh, there's also some great undercover Kinsey episodes in that season, when she's a gypsy in Arachnophobia, uh, when she goes to the sorority in O Kappa My Kappa. There's also some great stuff in that second ever episode, where there's a will, there's a fae. So lots to choose from. So on to day six, we have what is our favorite episode of season two? And I guess I'll go first on this one. Mine is actually, this was another one, hard to pick. It's always hard to pick favorites, right? Mine I yes. ended up going with was I fought the Fae and the Fae won. I might be the only person who would pick this. I don't know. But I actually really love all of the political behind the scenes stuff that we get to see in this episode. I'm very interested in the phase political system and their structure and we get it 
just a ton of information about it in this particular episode. And I also really like that Bo's all like determined and kind of ragey because <laughs> Dyson just dumped her. So I actually quite like Bo being like kind of angry in this episode. <laughs> and maybe that's weird. It is, but we accept you anyway. But it also has the moment where Kinsey puts her her head on the hood of the beast and says, I wish I could quit you. And that makes me <laughs> laugh every time. <laughs> so how about you, Annie? What is What did you pick for your favorite episode of season two? Um, yeah, it was a tough one, but, you know, because I like, kind of like the first chunk of season two when Lauren goes to Bo for protection. So um, it was Death Didn't Become Him because, honestly, it's because of the villain. Uh, I like the lick. He's so overdramatic and the makeup and everything. And just that actor did a really good job. And except that that cannibalistic fae, ew. Uh, Gary, the, I, I think love he's called Gary. the Chino Fay. <laughs> oh my god, I, he's so gross. I literally was like, oh, that's know. why I like him. He's so like delightfully disgusting. I find him amusing. It's one of the times where the makeup effects really grossed me out. So I mm -hmm. guess it was a good job. And of course, the B plot with Hale and Kenzie, where it really shows their friendship, you know, slash, you know, what could go into their romantic relationship. But it's mostly their friendship, yeah, especially the moment where. He's like, at the end, where he's all silence, human. And <laughs> she hits him, and he's like, ow! And you see that Casey's wonderful smile. And, and of course, his abs revealed. Um, <laughs> which is like... It's all about the nudity I with know, Annie. exactly. <laughs> but you like, you can't believe... Just take, take more clothes off, everybody. <laughs> I, is, I am now picturing Annie saying that during every episode. Take your clothes off, take your clothes off. <laughs> Fail, female... Human, fame, I don't, don't care. care. <laughs> I am all equal opportunity when it comes to nudity on Lost Girl. But <laughs> everybody strip. <Yep. laughs> Everybody's strip now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but Hale's abs, you look at them and you can't believe that they're on a human. They're so incredible. So props to Casey. And, you know, donkey bussy goodness. Donkey bussy. Ducky, whatever. Ducubus goodness. <laughs> on the case again. And the lipstick scene. Just uh, so sexy and just so eye sex, eye sex, eye sex, that kind of sex. And then I would classify it more as like sensual than sexy. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's whatever. To me, it's sexy. And then, you know, the, I'll never forget because, again, I was binge watching. And when I saw Blow Bo go, <laughs> I did not say Blow. Seriously, that came out wrong. When I saw Bo, I've got too many B's in this, my notes here. First time I saw Bo go blue-eyed or blue Nova, I was like, whoa, what the hell just happened? And then my, my, it warms my heart that she did it, of course, because Lauren's life was on the line and that's what made her go nuts. So, and Docubus kisses at the end. Just, that is a really good scene in the That is room. a really good scene. Yeah. So, and apparently, I don't know, I've read that Zoe kind of did it impulsively, that that was not scripted, that she turned around and kissed Bo. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong, but whatever. You know, it's a great scene. So I'd be surprised if that wasn't scripted, but it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I could have. Yeah, Though it's a very, well. like, TV ending, because yeah. in the next episode, Bo is all, we need to talk about what happened. It's it, You're just kind of a, trying to imagine how they could have left that room without... Having Being to acknowledge awkward. what happened in the least, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Or they could have not left that room for a while and we could have had more <laughs> off-screen sex. That right did not in front happen. Of, right in front of uh, poor Everybody's Popsicle Maria. Everybody's Annie, strip. Annie pop, that was pop, a pop, fanfic pop, pop. that you read. <laughs> okay, that was a fanfic. I got confused. I'm sorry. It's called In My Head. That's what I mean, you know. <laughs> so how about you, Chris? What did you pick for your favorite episode? I also picked Death Didn't Become Him. Uh, for largely... Uh, many of the reasons Annie did, but less pervy. Um, <laughs> I knew she'd say that. I agree with Annie, but in a less pervy way. <laughs> Thank you. Not sure whether to be proud of that or not. Uh, embrace your perviness. Mm -hmm. I know you do, but anyway. Yeah, there's an effectively creepy villain in The Lick. And, you know, how hilarious is it that they keep talking about The Lick? I know. <laughs> And I'm the actors had that fun more with that dirty jokes too. did not end up in the final script, given yeah. that his name was the Lick. <laughs> well, it might have been in the script, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, and he's doing some thing or things that are truly horrifying. You know, the whole raising random dead people so that he can be entertained. Have them yeah. yeah, entertain him. It's gross. Neat flesh. It's gross, Lick. Yeah. And yeah, as you mentioned, you know, Gary, that's that whole scene. It's so disturbing. I love, but therefore I love kind him of great. talking about about uh, choice cuts of of human flesh. You know, like ew vegetarian who exercises once a week. You know, that's it cracks me up. I like vegetarian jokes. I'm a vegetarian, and I like it when they make vegetarian and vegan jokes on the show. Maybe that's weird. <laughs> you weirdo. Um. But yeah, and then Bo gets all impressive and scary when she goes super slash possessed for the first time, and like with the chains coming, you know, down from the collar thing, and you know, it's just it's a it's an awesome visual there, and you know, the first time you see it, you're just kind of like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, <laughs> and it's awesome. Plus, you can't lose with Kenzie babysitting. Yeah, yeah, or you know, quote unquote babysitting. And then, and then Bo gets a Batman voice there too. So, yes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do really like the bloopers from that episode, <laughs> where you know both 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 Anna and Zoe are just like in the scene, and Bo is ranting about about this and that and the other, and then she's just like, "What is the lie?" <laughs> yeah. But yep. yeah, I do enjoy that episode. I didn't pick it, though. I can't pick it because I feel like it gets a little slow in the middle where they're just kind of sitting around watching the licks, whatever they, I yeah. forget what they're called, but his his buddies when they're just like sitting there. I find that kind of dull, but it is it is a good episode. It is a good episode. One of my favorite episodes of season two is the third episode, Scream a Little Dream, because it's it's got a little bit of everything. You've got a lot of the psychological you know, games, Bo was worried about her future and Lachlan is starting to develop his master plan. And so it, it sets up a lot of the conflict, a lot of the inner turmoil that's coming. But it's also a humorous episode. It's got quite a bit of funny lines and some, some funny interplay. And you've also got um, the there's sex, always a good thing, right? And there is a monster of the week slash mystery of the week that is self-contained, but uh, parts of it do set up future future conflict and future things that are 
coming down the pipeline for the season. And it's enjoyable. It's pretty. It uses a lot of different sets and a lot of different colors. And, you know, with the blue tones for the dreams and the flashbacks and the underground and the really bright tones in Laughlin's Palace and we, and bright colors in Lauren's house and things being well lit. So it's a, it's a highly enjoyable episode that also kind of digs into the psyche a little bit. So day seven, moving on to season three, favorite episode. Let's start with you, Chris. I once again had a really hard time choosing, but I have to go with There's Bow Place Like Home because it is emotionally resonant. And season three was largely about Bo having to come to terms with who and what she is. So this is like the one episode in there that really explores her upbringing and Bo finally got some closure that she's desperately needed for the past, I think, 12 years by this point, and that we as the audience had been sort of waiting for, I think, at least since the second season, uh, if not the first. But, you know, finding out a little bit about when she grew up and, and the way she grew up with her parents being really strict and kicking her out of the house and all that sort of thing. And so I'm, I'm glad that we came back to that in this episode. That is a really wonderful scene between Bo and her mother at the very end. I think that's probably, if I was just going with scenes, it would probably be in my top 10 of best scenes of the series. Yeah, me too. It's That's like something Anna Silk should have on her acting reel. It's so incredible, you know. And, and I, made, I really liked cry. the choice that the writers made with having her mother have Alzheimer's and not really remember like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, maybe that's a, a trite choice and it's been done before. I know, but I, I think it really worked. And but it was, a good, it was a good way to reset that relationship. Exactly. So that they didn't have to go through all that pain again. Exactly. I, I really, I, I really do like the way that that episode turned out. It, it's a, re- it's a good one. It's quite a good one. So how about you, Annie? What did you pick? Um, It was hard to pick one for season three because I have several, but I picked uh, Fade to Black there's like something about that opening scene in those first few minutes. I don't know. Um, it, it, what it's, could you possibly what? be talking about? It's the about? nun's habits that they're wearing. Exactly. Right, Annie? Yeah. 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 It's uh yeah, it's, it's the bed sheets that the color really pops for me. Um, <laughs> Everybody strip. Yeah. Everybody strip now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the docketus scenes, I just, I can't believe it made it onto television. Like, it's just barely push. It's like pushing the envelope with almost screen nudity. It's like destroying the envelope, whatever that old phrase. But it's, I was like, holy, I'm like, wow, am I watching a pay-per-view almost, you know? But it's, it's done so well. And so, um, it's, it's not cheap, you know, it's just done, you know, as we've mentioned before, the sex scenes have a point to the plot in Lost Girl. And it's really gorgeous lighting and editing. Um, and again, it's in season three when, you know, Bo and Lauren are really coming together and committing to this relationship. And then after that scene, you see the strain it has on both of them trying to, um, you know, Lauren trying to keep up with Bo as a human and Bo, you know, faltering because she can't, you know, maintain herself physically as a fae by being with Lauren as much as she wants to be monogamous with her. And, I love, though, the scene of seeing Bo as a marriage counselor, especially in the scene with the gay couple. It always, always makes me laugh, because that, that couple is so cute. 
And again, I love that lost girl puts that couple in there. Um, and then, of course, the end scene with Bo and Lauren, where they're just trying to be honest. And Bo has been trying to bring up that she slept with Dyson, not because she was trying to hurt Lauren, but because she physically has to do it to survive as much as she wants to be with Lauren. And, you know, they just realize that physically their relationship is impossible with the Fae and the human relationship. And that last scene is, is probably, at least during the first season, or excuse me, during the third season, that just brought me to tears. And it takes a lot for a show to do that to me. So it's, um, you know, it's just all that chemistry between Anna and Zoe, which is just, you can't buy that. It's either there or it's not. So um, that's why. Many, many reasons. That's my favorite. Yeah, the, the scene between the two of them in kind of Lauren's kitchen area, again, probably one of my favorite scenes of the series. What like I feel like one of the most well done scenes acting, writing, directing wise, it's it's really yeah. great. Mm-hmm. That is a beautiful scene. Yeah. Beautiful music, choice, everything. Yeah. So as for me, I think we're we're all gonna have three different answers here. I went with Woo-hoo! Confagion for yeah. my favorite episode. That, because I, I really love Girl, I like Lost Girl when it gets serious too, but I, for me, Lost Girl's like a popcorn show. I like it because it's not quite as heavy and dark as some sci-fi series that I was watching prior to it were. So I really like it when they go all out and they do a just really funny, ridiculous episode. And I loved Confasion, especially the section right after Bo becomes teen Bo and she goes to the doll and is like, kind of being flirty with Dyson, and then Lauren comes in, and Lauren's just like, what? <laughs> and, Say what? But, prob- but my definitely my favorite scene is when Teen Bo is, like, roaring at Lauren. <laughs> how adorable is Anna Silk? How adorable is Anna Silk as Teen Bo? And how adorable is Rachel Scarston as Teen Rachel? Oh, I love like, that. Or, sorry, as Teen Tamsin. Like, when... <laughs> When she eats the paper, oh my god, just the faces <laughs> both of them make are so hysterical. But it has to be real poetry, think- like the kind that rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that script is so brilliant. That was like one of my second choices. I love that episode. Yeah. And I think Lost Girl, it's similar to Xena in that it has pure drama episodes and pure comedic ones. And I love that the show has that dichotomy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that we also, even though it's got like that really funny stuff going on, I love the development we see in the relationship between Lauren and Kenzie. I've been waiting for that to happen for so long. I was so gratified to finally get it in that episode where they were finally kind of coming to understand each other better. Because I'm like, you two are the humans. You need to be each other's buds here. Plus, Kenzie got that awesome fight scene. Yeah, exactly. in the awesome fight scene. It's a really fun episode. I know the humor is maybe a little juvenile for some people, but I think they made it work, and it's funny. Ah, Dyson touched yeah. my boob. <laughs> Dyson touched my boob. <laughs> but, and, it's only the side that doesn't even count. He's in his Scottish accent. And it, and and Joss Whedon actually said this once, and I think it's really true, that there's only like one, maybe two ways to play a scene and have it be funny. There's a lot of ways you can play a dramatic scene and have it work, but you really have to be just on point to make a funny scene funny. And I think when we get to see the our actors be so funny, it just is proof of how good they are. The fact that they can sell this dramatic material as well as this comedic material that has to be a bit more particular in, in how it's performed. And I just I really think they underuse Anna Silk's comedic abilities. I think she's hilarious. She really is. Yeah. yeah. 
Hey everyone, Kevin Batchelder here. I want to give some thoughts on my favorite episode of Season 3. Uh, first, kind of like my honorable mention, uh, I do have to talk a little bit about the opening up of the season, Cage Fay. I mean, that uh, part uh, fairly early in the episode when, when Kenzie has to, you can hear me laughing, Kenzie has to go to the prison uh, to try to get Bo out. She acts, you know, like, uh, what's her name, Kenzie Von Clare or something, and she's posing as Bo's pet human. I mean, that, that the attitude, uh, the outfit, uh, the whole shoot match uh, was just uh, a lot of fun. But if I had to truly pick an episode, I think I'd probably go with the uh, the later part of the season, the adventures in uh, Fabie sitting. Um, you know, pretty strong Kenzie stuff there, working with Bo. Um, a lot of fun to see her working when she's, you know, acting as the babysitter and talking about the uh, superhero uh, Super Kens but also really being very honest with Bo about what she had to do and all there. I, I like how she did that, and, and it really probably uh, certainly made it my favorite Kenzie-centric episode of the season. All right, appreciate all the work on the podcast. This is a lot of fun, folks. Hope we get some more folks putting in their submission, too, because it's great to hear all the different uh, ideas from people. Take care. Our question for today, day eight, is what is the fa- what is your favorite episode of season four? So I think I'm going to ask Chris to go first. Uh, I'm going to go with Dark Horse. And I think this episode resolved a lot of things that needed resolving. Most importantly, Bo felt more like Bo in this episode this is true. than she had the rest of the season. And, you know... As you may have noticed, I'm a huge Bo fan, so I was relieved, like excessively relieved that she finally sort of seemed to like have her have her stuff together a little bit more in this episode. So there's that, and uh, Dyson declared fealty to Bo and didn't make it about mating because <laughs> ew. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Bo and Dyson shippers don't don't get on my case because you know I'm fine with their having a relationship, but again the whole wolves mate for life thing it makes it it's... sound like it's out of Dyson's control. Whereas here it was just him making a decision. Yeah, right. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that is what I am trying to get at here because it's it's not about this other stuff. It's about him wanting to help Bo create a better world basically right yeah so so there's that and then uh lauren finally talked to Bo about what she'd been doing which is something i think we'd been kind of waiting for that happened in this episode right or was that episode nine well she started hinting at it in origin okay that right everything I i do is for you i stayed with the dark for you that scene's in origin and then I think they started talking more in Dark Horse, right? But a then they bit. got interrupted or something, because that always happens. Yeah, but yeah. but still, there was a little bit more, if not resolution, progression in that relationship. So there's that, at least. Yeah, and Lauren did say, or Bo said to Lauren, the crazy thing is, I actually get it. And to me, that meant she understood why she was with the Dark and why she did everything. So that was mm-hmm. nice to see that wrap up. So there's that. And then Kenzie realized just how important she is, because we'd seen her struggle with that the past few episodes that, you know, what is her place here? And really, that's sort of an ongoing theme for Kenzie anyway. But, you know, in this episode, she finally realized that she did have a place in the prophecy and in the Fae world. And, you know, made a really courageous 
decision and uh, sacrificed herself for her friends. So, if temporarily, because season five, Quest for Kenzie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how about how about you, Annie? What episode did you pick? Despite overall season four it has its issues, um, it was kind of hard for me to pick between two or three episodes, but I picked Dark Horse as well. Um, because although the remnants of the Reiner storyline are annoying, um, really he has... he dies, and you get to he go, dies, and the, and the audience, has they ever been so happy to see a character die? Just kind of sad, but, you know, about the writing. I can think of one, but it's on another show. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but on this show, yeah, everybody was like, yay, he's dead, or eh, whatever. But um, this episode is everything I love about a Lost Girl episode with the big bad, or with two of them, really, with Massimo and Papaya Horse slash Pirapus. And Bo's <laughs> on the quest to save her friends and those she loves. She's going after Lauren no matter what. And then, you know, we got the classic Docubus finale kiss, which I was so glad Bo turned around at that scene because Bo and Lauren talk, and I'm yelling at the TV, turn around! And she turned around, I'm like, yes! Bo, I knew she would. Bo did what she. Bo did what I said for her to do. Yay! So, and then of course the ending. Um, both the sequences where Kenzie sacrifices herself and then Bo at her grave. I mean, it's just to me those are like just about perfect scenes with the editing and the direction of the, and the music and of course uh, the acting really stands out. And you know, I was like bawling through most of the episode anyway because I'm a very emotional viewer. So. Um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, can't wait to see how it's all going to go in season five, but, um, one of the best finales. And again, I had to go with the fun episode. I picked Groundhog Fay because I just really enjoy all of the little plot threads in that episode. I love the Kenzie and Hale storyline. I love the drunk trio, Lauren Dyson and Vex. I love seeing Bo and Tamsin kind of bond and be emotionally vulnerable. Even though it's a funny episode, we still get some emotional vulnerability. And I love Drunk Trick in the bathtub. Even <laughs> though he doesn't have a ton of presence in this episode, Trick has some of my favorite lines with, you know, you're my granubus, my sucky daughter. And, <laughs> and the tie tied around his head. You're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Howland is an improv comedian, but Trick does not often get to be very funny on this show, and he is just so funny in that episode. We should have more drunk Trick. I know. Yeah. I know. He seems like he might be fun. And more Bruce. There's a lot. There's some Bruce in that yes, episode. Yes, and there's and- Bruce in that episode, too. Bruce being fantastic. I have to wait to be candy, because he broke <laughs> the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bruce. Yeah. But yeah, I, and... I know a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, the car wash scene. I'm not a huge fan of the car wash scene, so I didn't pick it for that. But I, You I are love, not human. No, kidding. <laughs> I love all of the all of the rest of it. I find a lot of fun. So that was what I picked. Now, I have to say, I think my close second was La Fée Epoque. That was my close second. Hmm. A lot July. of it because I find Zoe Palmer's performance just so darn ador- enjoyable with the over-the-top <laughs> French accents and everything. <laughs> I like the costume. But I also really... I also really love that they, I feel like they really challenged some traditional story writing there where they used body swapping to explore a same-sex relationship rather than a heterosexual relationship. And yeah, it was just really kind of different and bucking some trends in in sci-fi writing. And I liked that a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I love seeing Anna having to play 
Chris Holden Reed's physicality yeah. as yeah. Dyson. I thought she did a great a job. Challenge for her. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. Kevin Batchelder chiming in with my uh, favorite season four episode. And this, this one was kind of tough. Uh, obviously, can't go for anything near the end of the season. Just way too painful. <laughs> How well done might be. Um, couple of quick honorable mentions uh first episode of the season in memoriam um and, you know a lot of fun seeing kenzie kind of out front obviously as a big kenzie fan you know playing in the boat basically like almost like the bow character uh and the great stuff showing off her dance moves a lot of fun there with dyson and hale too uh also thought a little bit about lafay apoc uh obviously for some great visuals and uh you know uh, still some fun story bits uh, quite a bit there too, and and uh, since that was set way way back, does uh, that make Kenzie possibly the earliest at Victoria's Secret Angel? Hmm. But I think I'll go with um, Groundhog Fay. Thought that was kind of a fun episode, uh, which we didn't have a lot of in season four, uh, with where the storylines were. But uh, kind of that whole uh, you know Groundhog Day thing kind of worked pretty good here. I thought uh, getting to see some of our characters and a little bit of a holiday setting bit to it as well. So I think I'll go with that one for me. And, oh, by the way, I can't be the only male Lost Girl fan listening to these podcasts. Come on, guys, step up. Let's get some more male voices on here. (laughs) All right, take care, everyone. We would love it if you shared your answers to these questions. Go to drinkswiththedoll.com slash 62 and tell us some of your favorites in the comments. You can send us any feedback you would like by sending us an email to feedback at drinkswiththedoll.com. You can also send us a voice message by clicking on the Send Voicemail tab on the right-hand side of the website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I am Papaya Horse. And my name is Chris. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.